that covers everything you need to know to be financially successful in college and beyond. Today, we have another episode of Mean Green Mailbag, where we answer questions from real students about issues they're facing in their financial lives. Today, we're going to cover roommate disputes, student loan payback, and more. Hope you enjoy. I am back today with Austin and Tanya, two of our peer mentors at the Student Money Management Center. Do you all want to introduce yourself and say hi? Hi guys, how you doing? Uh, my name is Austin. And I'm Tanya. All right, let's see what's first out of the mailbag today. I was recently offered a job, and as part of their benefits, they offer a 401k. What is a 401k, and how should I use it to get the most benefit? So what a 401k is, is a specialized savings and investment account for retirement. And by using the 401k over just a general investing account, you get certain tax benefits, which helps you accumulate more money in it. One thing with the 401k that you definitely want to check when you already offered it for, as far as benefits, you want to see if the company will match it, whatever you put in. Some companies will match one-to-one up to a certain dollar amount. Some companies will match a percentage of whatever you match. It could be a wide range of how they do that, or even if they do that. Yes, and that is essentially just free money to you. So if you have that match, and you like free money, take advantage of it. But also keep in mind there's a vest, what is called a vesting period. So there's a certain number of years before you can even access the employer's contribution to that fund. So be sure to keep that in mind as well. It's kind of like there, make sure you work here for four years before you take all my money and run type of deal. But usually your contributions will invest immediately, so you don't have to worry about that. It's just staying long enough to get everything the employer put in. With that specifically, you definitely want to look at the fine print and maybe get somebody with some sort of legal background to look it over and see if there's any sort of thing that you might not understand. And then the last thing I would say about that is keep in mind that the 401k is just an account. You still have to pick what it's invested in within that account, So just because there's money in a 401k doesn't mean it's being invested in the best way for you to reach your retirement goals. So definitely look into that as well. All right, let's see what's next. I was doing okay for the first few weeks of the semester, but I had to cut back on my work hours to focus on classes. Are there any other things I can do to earn some money on the side? In a college town, there's a lot of things that you can definitely do to earn money. Um, Here in Denton, you could definitely... I have friends that sell things at the farmer's market on Saturdays. Um, I know people that cut and or braid hair. Um, there's a lot of options that you can use. There's a lot of resources as well. Yeah, and Uber Eats last night tried to charge me a $13 delivery fee, so they need more drivers, so I don't have to pay as much for Panda Express. So you can definitely look into something like that where it's a more flexible kind of side hustle that you can take on where you get to choose your hours and how much you work but you can still earn some decent money doing it. And I know we've had previous peer mentors who did have some success doing routes like that. And also, if you are a UNT student, we have an Eagle Nest Watchers program, which helps connect you to babysitting gigs, too, which can be another thing. You know, one night, make 10, 15 bucks an hour, get to hang out with some kids. Could be fun if you are into the childcare sector. Another thing is when it does come, as far as like cutting back hours on work, it may not be. It may not be that you need more money. Uh, it may be that you could also just cut corners in some of the things that you are not, not corners, but cut costs in some of the things you're doing. Maybe when you go to the grocery store, don't buy name brand. Uh, save you a couple bucks here and there. All right. 
I'm about to graduate and face the reality of student loan payback, but I also know that it's important to start saving and investing for retirement. What do I focus on? Student loans are required, so that's your immediate concern, but also know that you have six months after you graduate to either save up to start paying for them or whatever the scenario is. If both of them are super important to you, definitely look into different loan repayment plans because you can always start at an income-based level and pay a smaller amount up until the point where you can do both but I would say focus on student loan payback because that's more immediate and it is required payments. And I would say that there's no reason you can't do both. It might just be a little bit of money that you're able to put towards saving and investing for retirement. But like we talked about before, if you're able to get that employer match, that's like an immediate 100% free money coming to you. So if you're able to invest enough to at least get that, and still make your student loan payments, that can help you start achieving both of those goals. And something, another strategy you could use is since you have that six months, you could focus on building up a bit of an emergency fund for yourself for that six months. So then you have some base of savings to go on in case anything were to come up or happen to you while you have to pay student loans and work and take care of all of your other financial responsibilities. See you next. My roommate and I usually split our expenses evenly. She recently started dating this guy who was over all the time, at least five nights a week. I like both of them, but I'm starting to get a little bit annoyed that he's here using our electricity, taking up couch space, and eating our food, but he's not paying for anything. Do I just have to let it go and accept that I'm subsidizing her boyfriend's life? Can I ask her to pay more of the expenses to cover the fact that they're using more than I am? What do I do? I don't think there's anything wrong with sitting down and talking to your roommate about it. In this situation, I would definitely not approach this out of anger or out with any sort of emotion when you have this conversation. Just go in with a level head and just kind of explain the facts as they are. Um, and just say that you're, you feel like you're paying for more than you're, more than you should be paying for, especially since he is staying over so much. Yeah, and I think within this, you could focus on maybe one or two expenses that are actually different. You know, something like electricity. Electricity costs the same amount no matter how many people are sitting in the room. But something like food, it could be a lot more easy to justify, hey, you're eating two people's worth of food and I'm eating one person of food. Maybe we can split the food expenses three ways now if he's going to be here. So there are some expenses where it could be definitely easier to approach this and a few, like, electricity, utilities, where it would be really hard to tease out the effects of having an extra person over sometimes. So that one, you might just have to kind of deal with that for a little while. I agree with all of you about. When the semester started, the installment payments for November and December seemed forever away, but now they're creeping up, and I don't know if I have enough money to afford it. What do I do? Go to the Student Money Management Center. Yeah, come sit down and talk to us, and if anything, what we can do is we can have to make a budget and see if there are any sort of resources that may be available to you. Yeah, I mean, did you deny loans earlier in the semester thinking you didn't need them? Maybe they're still available for you? Yeah, just because you turned down a loan in the past doesn't mean there's no chance at it getting re-offered to you if you come to the point where you actually do need that money. Uh, we can also work with you to figure out, are, are there some areas of your budget you could cut so you have more money 
to put towards that tuition. And then if you have a network of friends and family who want to support you and are excited that you're in college and want to help you reach those goals, this can also be the time to start reaching out to them and see if they have any way that they could help you make those last tuition payments. And then keep in mind that if it's happening this semester, you're probably going to reach this point in upcoming semesters too. So once you figure out the immediate need of, all right, how do I make this payment? Start thinking about what you can do after this immediate payment is taken care of to make sure that you don't end up in the same situation next semester and that you have a plan further in advance for how you're going to be able to make those payments. The other thing I would add on to that is that um, you can always apply for scholarships. There's always, always scholarships that are available, even if they may not be directly from UNT. Um, there could be scholarships from your hometown, from your high school. Uh, there could be scholarships that you could qualify for like nationwide. There's scholarships for people that are left-handed. There's scholarships for people that are over six feet. Um, there's scholarships for minorities, low-income groups. There's a lot of scholarships that are out there. And if you don't apply for them, you're just leaving money on the table that could be yours. And I've heard multiple cases of scholarships that are being offered at UNT that they're having trouble giving away because not enough students are applying for them. So don't think that just because it's out there and everyone can see it, that doesn't mean that everyone's applying and that it's super competitive to get. You can try to get some of those scholarships, send in those applications anyway, and you might have more luck than you realize. Help, I thought I was doing a good job being smart with my money and budgeting it out to last me through the end of the semester, but now I'm realizing that I'm going to have to pay for a lot of my December and some of my January expenses before I get next semester's refund, and I don't think I have enough money to cover it. I think one of the best things that you could possibly do in this situation is ask for help. Um, you are already asking for help by reaching out through this program, but you could also come into our office, um, and like I said earlier, we could sit down and make a budget with you. The other thing that could definitely help out is if you feel like you're not, not making enough money to last this semester, um, like we said earlier, you could always pick up some sort of side hustle, possibly an extra job over the winter break, if you are living in Denton, um, to be able to cover those expenses. Just a couple ideas to kind of think about. Yeah, and I think something that you can do is kind of intentionally sit down, make a list of all of those expenses that you need to cover, and figure out what the priority is. In your case, priority is probably going to be rent, because that's, what's, you know, that's what keeps a roof over your head and prevents you from being evicted. So that is kind of your first priority, and any money you have would need to go to towards that top priority. And once you have a little bit more of a dollar value to what you need, that can help you if you're trying to figure out how many more hours you need to work or pick up a side hustle, or if you're trying to ask your friends and family for help. Knowing exactly what you need can help make sure that those efforts are successful in keeping all of your expenses covered. There's, there's also nothing wrong with uh, any sort of crowdfunding or crowdsourcing of money. Um, GoFundMe is probably one of the best ways that you do that. I've seen people do startup uh, businesses on there on top of that. I've seen people pay off parking tickets just by asking for help. Those are options. How important is it for college students to have an emergency fund? I feel like if anything goes wrong, my parents will help me out. So why bother having money saved with my own? I think it's, it's definitely very important to have an emergency fund. Even if you think that your parents will help you out, you also got to understand that if you have an emergency, there's also a chance that they're having an emergency that they have to take care of that may outweigh your emergency. So they may not be able to help you in every situation. Um, and on top of that, some things that you have to think about is that every situation and every emergency you're going to be 
not going to be the exact same, and the cost could be too much for your parents to help you out with. But if you do have some sort of emergency fund, say you have an emergency that's $1,000, and you have $400 saved up, and your parents can help you out with the other 600 but if you only had $200 saved up, your parents could only help you up with 600 then you'd be $200 short. So yeah. that's it's definitely something to kind of think about. And I think it's super awesome that you have parents who want to help you out, but I think a lot of parents will eventually get to the point where it's, no, you have to be off on your own now. And, you know, that might not be now if you're 18 or 19, but getting in the habit of having some money set aside for yourself now, even if you don't end up needing it, is going to be helpful when they reach the point where they expect you to be independent and responsible with money on your own. And then there's also kind of the issue of, do you always want to have to be calling your parents when things go wrong? Or do you like the sense of independence that you get from knowing that you can handle something? And within that, if it's your money, you can access it right now for whatever the emergency is without, you know, having to go through a mini interrogation or whatever happens when you call your parents and ask for money. So you have the money now. It's not a maybe your parents give you money if they agree that what you're talking about is an emergency. It's you get to make those decisions on your own. Anything left in the bag? Alright, looks like we have one last one. I'm interested in getting started investing, but I don't want to put a lot of money in it first. Are there any apps I can use to get started with just a little bit of money? I mean, I've heard of Stash and Acorn, but I've never used any of them. Um, I think, yeah. I think the other one that I've been told about would be Robinhood. I think what it is is you sign up and you get one stock of a random company for free. So, I mean, that would be no money at first, which would be good for you. Right. And the thing that people like about Robinhood is that they don't charge you commissions on trading. So you can buy a stock without having to pay an additional fee to purchase that stock. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, and depending on what you're investing in, you don't have a lot of money to get started. I know when I opened my retirement account, I think I did it with like $100. You don't have to have a ton of money to get started. And starting with that little amount of money is good because you get used to seeing the fact that you could earn a lot of money or you could lose a lot of money when there's not a lot at stake. So when you do get out into the workforce and you start saving and investing a lot more for retirement, you already have a little better idea of what's what what to expect and you're going to have more of the stomach to deal with those ups and downs. You can use some apps, you know, Robinhood, Stash, Acorns are a lot of popular ones, but you can also just go and if you want to buy a stock that's only $10 a share, all you need is $10 to get started. It's just you determining what you want to invest in, and then finding a platform that allows you to do that without a high cost. I think another thing that's, that should be noted as far as like getting started investing is, you, you are correct, you definitely don't want to put a lot of money in at first. Uh, you kind of just want to start off with a small set amount, get your feet wet, and see if this is something that you can act, this is A, something that you can financially gain from, and B, if this is something that you're even interested in doing. You may not actually be interested in investing, that's, and that's perfectly fine. So you don't. If that's the case, if that ends up being the case, you don't want to put a bunch of money towards it because then you're going to have to figure out how do I get my money back. And the unfortunate answer is you may not be able to get all of it back. So it would be better if you end up having a small loss or a small victory versus a giant loss. All right, but it's definitely a fun and a cool thing to check out, and a great way to help you build long-term wealth if you're doing it right. 
So if you're comfortable, you can afford to lose the money if things go wrong, definitely check it out and give it a try. I mean, rule of thumb is only invest money that you are okay with losing. So if you're at a point where you can't really lose any of your funds, definitely check out the apps that maybe just round up your change or something like that. So do you all have any final comments, recommendations, anything interesting you've seen in the financial world lately you want to share? Just because a job, um, just broadly speaking, just because a job may include uh, some sort of manual labor or picking up somebody else's trash or some sort of like lawn care, maybe something you're not used to or something most uh, some people could deem as nasty or have some sort of disgusting or gross elements to it. At the end of the day, it's still a job, and if you need money, there's nothing wrong with applying to these jobs that you may not want to apply to, but if it gets to the point where you are really needing money, just go ahead and apply. There's nothing wrong with doing it for a little while and getting yourself back on your feet and then going from there. And I don't know as much about those kind of jobs, but say that probably a lot of them might pay more money than you expect, because if you're thinking of the people who are out there picking up trash, that's not something that I would want to do for fun. You'd have to pay me a lot of money uh-huh. to do some of those jobs. So there's a chance that you might be able to earn more money doing some of the less fun or more gross things. Just yeah, because there, there are fewer people who are willing to do them. All right. Thanks for that money tip, Austin. And with that, thank you all for listening. And if you have a question that you want to hear answered on the show, you can email it to us at moneymanagement at unt.edu with the subject line Mean Green Mailbag, and we will answer it on our next mailbag show. Cool. Cool. Once again, that was peer mentors Becca, Tanya, and Austin answering your questions about money. If you have a question you'd like to hear answered on Mean Green Mailbag, or you have feedback or ideas from the show, email moneymanagement at unt.edu. If you like this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day.